Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was an active week uh, with gunplay, sadly, once again. There was a Saturday morning shooting in Burlington, an early morning homicide in uh, Hamilton's East End, and uh, another shooting in St. Catharines. Obviously, uh, this is hand-in-hand hand with a number of the issues that have gone on in the city of Toronto and other cities, for that matter, over the last little while. And it has caused, with a, a municipal election coming up, for some politicians or wannabe politicians to uh, bring up the idea once again of banning handguns, as if that was going to be the sole solution to this. Uh, been there. We've tried that before. Is it a viable solution? What is the problem? What's causing the problem? And how do we address it? Because nobody seems to have a handle on that at this stage. I want to bring Ross McLean into the conversation, crime specialist and security expert, former Toronto police officer. Uh, RossMcLeanSecurity.com is uh, the webpage that you want to check out. Ross, thank you for the time. Good to have you with us today. Yeah, good to be here, Bill. And listen, your second hour is going to be good talking about the opioid crisis because I believe that ties right into the gun violence. Uh, well, that, that's I, I'm glad you brought that right into the conversation off the top because we need to connect the dots here, don't we, Ross? We absolutely need to connect the dots. Everybody's trying to, well, I say everybody. There's so many, politicians included, trying to deal with this issue in isolation without, by saying all the politically correct problems and things here and there. But the truth is we've got people dying, kids being shot, teenagers being arrested for first-degree murder by the scores, opioid deaths uh, going across our cities, people losing their children, their mothers, their parents, it's just, it, it, they're all connected, all of it. Well, and again, you know, there's a federal election coming up, and we already know that, uh, that uh, the government has asked Bill Blair, uh, the uh, new Minister of Organized Crime Reduction, to look into this idea of a full ban on handguns and assault weapons in Canada. Not the first time we've tried that. Now, Blair, of course, is a former Toronto Chief of Police. Uh, he, he was there. He saw the, the summer of the gun uh, firsthand, what was going on there. Is a ban the answer here, Ross? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, uh, uh, Chief Blair, he is a politician, and, and some would argue he was a politician when he was a police chief uh, in many respects for, for the way he, he managed himself on certain things. But the issue of the banning is not going to work. Uh, the, the one issue I will say that, that could use some support, and I'd like to hear some better solutions and funding on it, is there are some issues around uh, people purchasing multiple guns, and then some of those guns being sold, so they're buying them legally, and some of them are being sold, others are being reported lost. You've got some people in organized crime who get girlfriends and people to order the guns uh, legally. They do it, then the gun disappears, and it makes its way out. So there's some more money perhaps needed to, to look closely at um, the people who are buying the guns. Well, there's a story on Huffington Post this morning that uh, outlined just how easy it is to buy a, a handgun online. And, and which I guess was shocking to an awful lot of people because I thought, oh, no, that's pretty restrictive. You, you've got to go through security checks and everything else. Not so much, really. Yeah, it's, it's tough up here. It's Once again, it gets back into whose databases talk to who and who actually has the, uh, the strength in terms of the bodies to be able to go and do the following up and checking. What we're finding is there's, look, to hire people to do enforcement is expensive, but we're finding out that there's no real substitute for that, uh, Bill. We had the Toronto police chief is making the rounds today to talk about his success with the helping to suppress, as he calls it, the gun violence in Toronto. You know, what they did was they put on the equivalent of 200 extra officers in terms of forced overtime um, to, to work in the troubled spots. And he says they announced 247 gun-related arrests, 
and 136 firearms seized. Now, all that's going on within two months, but we still have a record homicide rate on the go here, and you're having your issues as well down in Hamilton. Well, and this is not new to us. Ross, you've been on the program many times talking about some of the shootings that have happened in broad daylight here in Hamilton, downtown Hamilton, uh, residential neighborhoods all over the city right now. And and time and time again, we hear from police of, of all stripes, whether it's Toronto, Hamilton, regional, OPP, that if you want to get a gun, you can get a gun. You just have to know the right person to ask. The right person, who are those right persons? It's going to be the same ones that are dealing the opioids is what it's going to be. I mean, this, this young man just killed in Hamilton over the weekend. He was from Toronto. As I recall, there was uh, a shooting earlier in the summer out in the patio down in Hamilton. That was someone from the GTA area that was down there. You know, what you've seen with this one on the weekends, you've got a gathering of young people to have their after-hours party and do their stuff. Drugs show up. What shows up with drugs but guns with the people who are selling them? It's it's sort of the franchise that these these uh, wannabes, as you know, our chief here calls them, high risk lifestyle or gangster type people, are involved in. They get the opioids, and the same guy selling the op- opioids say, "Hey, here's a gun to make sure you collect, and if anybody else is trying to get in your way, you can use this to protect your customers." So, young people, guns, drugs, no judgment, no life experience. Uh, this is what we're seeing. When there is an attempt to legislate this, and, and you know, this has happened federally, it's happened a number of times in the past, Ross, uh, with little to no success, of course. Uh, the, one of the problems, as I see it, is is that everybody gets gr- gr- lumped in together. And uh, uh, for instance, I mean, the, the most recent stats I've seen on this, there are, from all accounts, about over just over a million legally owned handguns in Canada, just over a million and you know, as I do, that probably about 95% of those, or if not higher, uh, are just, you know, used to shoot at targets. I mean, that's all. They're members of gun clubs or they're collectors or whatever the case might be. Uh, and and those, those aren't the people we're targeting, but they're the ones that feel as if they're the ones that are being targeted every time somebody comes along with legislation. And, and so they feel put upon by the government when this sort of thing happens. And at the same time, that other element that you've just described basically go untouched. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, you know, what you just talked about is legislation, which also basically transfers over into regulations, so red tape, so everybody can feel good when they say, oh, here's some red tape rules as to why you're not supposed to have a gun, shoot a gun, and kill someone. Well, the gangsters don't care about that. They, they've got no regard for any of that. You know, just to show you what a growing trend this is, I was just checking out my, you know, my Twitter feed before I came on, and I see that uh, President Trump is talking down at the U.N., and he's leading off with saying we've got an opioid crisis, which leads to the gun problems, which leads to uh, more violence, death, and terrorism. So there, there's very much a chain here. And But we're seeing no restrictions, uh, I see, really coming up to deal with this opioid problem. That's why I think your second hour we're talking about some of the sources of that. You talk about legal guns becoming used for crime. Well, how about if we're hearing about pharmacists involved, supposedly, in the dealing of fentanyl? There's There's a lot of... Real money in this bill. Big bucks, and we know that from the drug trade. And opioid, of course, is the latest version of the drug trade. And and as police have described to us, and you've talked to us, and you've blogged about this, I don't know how many times now, Ross, uh, when there's big money involved, people feel as if, well, you know, I need protection. And that usually means i got to carry a gun uh, or firearm of some description because there are people that are know this. And that's, this is the phrase that we hear time and time again, right? Uh, some, a targeted shooting. 
which basically means somebody knows that this guy's dealing in drugs or has a lot of money from dealing in drugs, and they want the money. And that's when you get the gunplay. Yep, they want the money or they want them away from uh, from the place where they're selling. And it says it's very easy now. I said, I'm sure you'll find out. It's going to be an interesting second hour for you there. How easy it is for kids to get their hands on either prescription pills or a drug press, uh, a little bit of fentanyl. You make a fake pill. It's the fentanyl that gives you the high. It's also the fentanyl that can drop you dead in a heartbeat because the, the kid who's making it uh, makes a mistake. They can sell pills that they can make for 50 cents or a dollar each for $50 on the streets. So you'll have kids walking around with a $100,000 franchise, cash money, you know, rolling around with this, and they get guns with that. They have no judgment. And uh, this is where you're going to get into the gunfights. And, you know, and, and look, it's serious for the cops now, too. We just had those two Halton coppers shot, you know, between yeah. in our two cities, right? So this is the point that I'm getting at. This is a, a crime that stretches across the GTA all the way down uh, to your place, Hamilton, and all the way up to Ottawa as well. They're seeing record violence as well. So this is something that we as a province have to deal with. And, you know, the Premier has come out with, for Toronto anyways, now I think you guys should be yelling for it down the Hamilton way, uh, Crown Attorney teams that are there to make sure people don't get bail uh, very easily, and bail compliance officers. That's the other big problem is there's nobody to check up on these guys once they get out on bail. So These guys know how to work the system, though, Ross. I mean, that's one of the things I think we need to address here. Uh, because there are background checks. We get that. And there's a compliance thing that you have to go through. But what I've heard from some of the gangs that, that are, are gathering these, these arms now, these uh, ammunitions, it's everything else, is they get one guy of the gang who doesn't have a criminal record. He goes through the course and gets the certification, and he just keeps buying guns for everybody else. It's, it's, a, it's a, a big, big hole in the system right now that it needs to be addressed. You know, there you go. And I just spoke to uh, a bunch of industry professionals in, in, in loss prevention. And one person in particular uh, works, in the, works with the diamond companies, the wholesalers of diamonds. You know how you're always reading about uh, jewelers being held up, Bill? Mm-hmm. Shootings at jewelers, robbery at jewelry stores. There's a reason for that. They're using diamonds to transact their drugs and to go across the border. It's easier to smuggle diamonds across the border than doing cash transactions. So these drug dealers want a lot of diamonds. That's why they're robbing the jewelry stores at gunpoint. We're seeing these shootings and all these problems. That's just another part of it. It's all tied in together. One of the other things we've heard a time ago, and this is why we talked about some of the people that are legally owning guns, is they say, well, look, at you know, some of these things are acquired through house break-ins because they know that those people are going to be collectors, etc. And that does happen, but, I mean, the numbers... Uh, I, I think bear a different story here. Last year, Toronto Police showed that there were 726 crime guns that were seized, and 148 of those were domestically sourced. That's that's a big number. I get that, but the overwhelming majority did not come from that era. They they came from where Ross across the border. I mean, where are these things coming from? Well, that, this is the thing. I, I I really it's my sense that the uh, the whole GTA area is being flooded with guns. They 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 found a way, and this is where another way where Minister uh, Blair can perhaps help. They've found ways to get these guns across the border. You know, we know that it appears some of them are certainly coming through the reserves that border, that straddle the U.S. and Canada, but there's other ways too. And the guns are getting in, and there's money for them, and they're being sold for good dollars. And as I said, these drug dealers, they have the cash. They don't care what the price is. So we're, we're really seeing just a plethora of guns. I mean, 
Uh, I talked to some coppers there on the weekend. They tell me every day they're just about dealing with someone with a gun. And it never used to be that way before. And when guns show up at parties, Bill, with kids like it did in the weekend in Hamilton, guess what? Bad things are going to happen. Are they going to sit down and, and actually talk to people on the front line about what might be effective and what might not be effective here instead of simply trying to draft legislation that's going to be some feel-good piece of legislation that uh, they think is going to address the problem? Well, look, uh, I, I, I listen to, once again, and I listen to our chief very closely here in Toronto. Uh, he's a very smart guy. But, but, of course, like every other chief, every other chief in this province, they're weighed under by, by politics, what they can say, what they can say, what they can do, what they can't do. I know that uh, uh, Joe Warmington at The Sun, who you speak to a lot, mm-hmm. he's going to be uh, writing, I believe, today, because the chief even invoked his name when he was talking. They asked the chief about what are you going to do about carding. And uh, the chief basically said, and all the cops know it, you have to target who the criminals are, and you have to stand on their toes. That's not this you know, uh, maligned word of carding and calling it random stops. I don't know where everybody comes with random stops. As I told you before, there were issues with quotas when they were put on by the police departments. Get rid of those. But the police need to go back to going after the bad guys, staying on top of them, cramping their style, locking them up whenever they jaywalk. That's the only way we're going to start dealing with this. And if we don't, our cities are going to become overrun with this. Well, and you've talked to frontline officers, and I have here in the Hamilton area since uh, this that issue became uh, the big issue in so many people's minds. And and they say what's it done, what it's done now. The result of this, obviously, is the people that are carrying handguns can walk around freely because they figure, well, the cops are afraid to stop me. They don't kind of talk to me. They are. I mean, I had police tell myself anonymously that they are not doing their jobs. They're afraid to do their jobs. Because if they do that, they're facing all kinds of problems. You know, I mean, look at look what's going on. I mean, I'm going a little bit off astray here, but not really. Look at all the cops now getting their Narcan, right? So when people overdose, we get so many opioid overdoses, all the cops have to carry a, a little miracle drug that they can squirt into people so that they won't die. But guess what? If the cops do that and the person dies, they have to go through an SIU investigation for doing that. So... Even if you're carrying a life-saving drug and you're going to a problem, you're like, okay, here goes the next three, six months of my life as I go through this, right, to try and do your job. So I think we have to get back to letting the police be the police and be the representatives of the community and protecting our sons and daughters, parents and homes and communities like was the original purpose for police. Well, I don't mean to be flippant, but I mean, you know, the, with the Billus metaphor, but there is no silver bullet here. There is no one piece of legislation that's going to be passed that's going to fix this, is there? No, and, and once again, this is what the, the chief talked about in Toronto. I've heard him say this. Now, fortunately, uh, Carolyn Mulroney, the attorney general, is listening to this, what I say with the bail, with the bail courts being tough and with the bail compliance officers being uh, dealt with, but we also have to deal with, we're going... You know, once again, a little bit of feel, but not far, with activist judges. I mean, there was just an opinion handed out. I didn't get a chance to look at it. But a judge, um, some guy with a gun, uh, the Crown uh, wanted four years. The judge gave him, you know, I think 15 months or something with four months off for another problem. And it was because the kid had a hard life. The kid had a hard life, so let's not give him such a hard penalty for using a gun. Well, that's a bad signal that if you get an excuse that you had a hard life that you can use a gun. There's all kinds of people in this world that have had hard lives and don't kill people, don't carry guns, don't deal drugs, and they've had hard lives. You know, none of us 
get through life without too many scars. But we don't turn to that sort of acting. Exactly. Ross McLean, crime specialist. Uh, always a pleasure, Ross. Thanks for the time today. Thank you, Bill. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.